I'm Meredith. And I'm Robin. And this is My TV Family, where we're hosting the ultimate TV family reunion. Today we are talking about our favorite TV grandparents. Hey everybody, welcome back to My TV Family. As Meredith mentioned this week at My TV Family... We're dusting off our AARP cards (laughs) and talking about our favorite grandparents on television. Yeah, we are. This topic um, historically has brought out a lot of love for our listeners. We've seen many, many grandparents on our listener uh, fantasy families. Most of them were the Golden Girls, (laughs) um, who we we love. Yeah, we don't blame you one bit. Golden Girls are the jam. Um, Speaking of fantasy families, we will also read a new one this week. And also, speaking of speaking of fantasy families, <laughs> send us yours. Hey, do it. You can email us your fantasy family. Just a gentle reminder. That's a combination of any character from any show, from any era. Um, put them all together any way you see fit. Send us your fantasy family. You can email them to mytvfamilypod at gmail.com. And while we're out there asking you for stuff, <laughs> be sure to, number one, Follow us on social media. We're on all the platforms, Meredith. And number two, rate and review us on iTunes. Keep them positive. <laughs> we love them. Um, so to get started, let's look at what we're watching. Um, and remember to share with us what you're watching because we want to watch it too. Yep. We love to see it. Meredith, uh, what are you watching? <laughs> what am I watching? Okay, I'll start. Um, it's not very exciting because it hasn't changed, but I'm still watching Madam Secretary season three. Madam. Uh, <laughs> and there's a few things that I noticed that I really like. So okay. we, we know it's a really dramatic show, okay. right? Like saving the world, saving different Over and co- over again. Saving different countries from just like going into war with other countries and saving animals and people <laughs> and all of the above. Um, that does sound but dramatic. they... Are really good at showing like real life situations too. Okay. Like they were having a conversation while changing the sheets on their bed and like putting on the pillow shams, right? Like yes. they were going deep into it. Every time she eats, you can tell she's like actually eating. I like that. Which is rare, I feel like, for a TV show. Um, they have like family breakfasts together. They just do a lot of the mundane. Okay. They show, I feel like it's a great contrast because they show just like that the stars are just like us. Um, and it's really noticeable that they are doing these intentional, just everyday things like we're doing. Interesting. So like the contrast between real life and then life and death decisions. Yeah. It's cool. I'm glad that they, I'm glad that they show us that and the family life um, that they show us. And there's a other couple of things I've noticed. We've had some really great guest appearances kind of Ooh. crossover from some of our favorite shows. So, on Madam Secretary Season 3, we've had Keith Mars. What? He doesn't play Keith Mars, but that would be awesome <laughs> if they needed a PI. Crossover. Um, he plays a lawyer, and he's in it for a couple of episodes. Ooh. Get ready for it. They have Raphael from... <gasps> JTV? Ninja Turtles. Oh. Just kidding. Um, I would also be on the lookout for that, so don't <laughs> uh, think you're disappointing me with the Ninja Turtles reference. Yeah, from not. Jane the Virgin. Oh. He was on, I think, two episodes as a love interest. Four? Um, one of the White House staffers. Um, Was there a gratuitous shirtless scene? (laughs) No. I do feel like, (laughs) as much as I love Jane the Virgin, Raphael is shirtless a whole lot of the time. Not Uh, complaining, just pointing it out. Oh, yeah, you're not complaining. (laughs) Um, But he gets... Oh, 
I think, spoiler alert, he gets killed off. So he's not a main <laughs> character, but sorry, Raph. he plays a, a small part in a big, bigger, um, bear plot is what mm. I'm going to say. And then this is the one I'm most excited about. Yes. I was watching Grey's Anatomy and lo and behold, who pops up on my screen, but Ben Covington from Felicity. Wow. Is this a recent one? Yes, the most recent episode. There's Ben mm. Covington, and I had to look into it to see if he's going to be on it for a long time. Because yes. it seems like a love interest for Meredith Grey, which I fully support. Yes. Meredith's and here for it. They're pretty mum on how long he's going to really? be on. Yeah, he's he's um, a guest actor, but we mm. don't know if he's going to come back in another episode. Please, please, please. That's very exciting. Put a pin in Ben Covington. We're coming back to him in a yeah, moment. Yeah, so I just love a good guest appearance, especially some of our favorite favorites <laughs> from our favorite shows. What does that mean? Do you have any like insider Hollywood-type knowledge? Always, yes. <laughs> of what does it mean when it says like special guest star or starring or like... And also, you know, sometimes at the end of the credits, yeah. they'll say... That was how it was for Chris Noth on um, The Good Wife. Yeah. Even though he was like clearly a regular player, it was he was always and also at the yeah. very end. I know there's there are a lot of people the very the final one and I don't know if they're just like the money makers or what. Ooh. I have no clue. I have no insider knowledge ever on any subject. Meredith keeping <laughs> tight to the vest with her insider knowledge. That's fine, <laughs> Meredith. We'll figure it out other ways. Uh, so that's it. I'm just watching. My regular shows? Irregular programs? Yeah. What are you watching? Well, Meredith, um, I don't know if you've watched any of the back and forth on old Roseanne Barr. Oh, I know. I've been thinking about you a lot because I've been listening to a lot of podcasts that are just ripping it to shreds. It's (laughs) real rough out there, man. Yeah. And it has... So all of the um, kind of anti-Roseanne Barr sentiment has been coming out and... I think there was a little bit of backlash because the show got such huge ratings when it first oh, started. Yeah, it is <clears throat> like huge ratings and watchers. Like. Yeah, and everyone declared it like the resurgence of Middle America and TV and Trump yeah. and blah 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 blah. Um, and um, it kind of well that in conjunction with the fact that Roseanne Barr is a Looney Tunes maniac and someone needs to take away her Twitter account, which <laughs> sounds like someone else we know. <laughs> Lord Almighty! Like, how did they not have her contractually obligated to not be crazy pants on social media? I don't know. Yeah, so I think it just goes back to the whole conversation of the artists versus the art, and I am real um, able to do that in um, recent circumstances that we've talked about um, yeah. a few times here. I am more than happy to say, you know what? Cosby Show reruns are not for me anymore. Yeah. And I'm not going with you to see that new Woody Allen flick, Meredith, so quit asking. <laughs> um, I'm so always asking that. In those circumstances, I'm pretty able to say, like, nope, art and artists go hand in hand, and I don't want to support one by supporting the other. Yeah. Um, this one is really hard for me because I loved the original show. I really liked the pilot of the reboot, but man, I'm feeling real icky about watching <laughs> it now. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, it's a situation we're facing, I feel like, left and right. I and, know. In certain um, certain shows but is this um is all of her social media nonsense i'm um, encouraging you to check out the new <laughs> reboot <laughs> meredith no. no turns out i'm okay just 
staying away from it. Out. Yeah. I may have to cancel my season pass recording. Yeah. Ooh. I know. <laughs> that, That's a that bold means statement. a lot at our house. I will turn it off. Yeah, I know. We just... I just don't want to watch it because <laughs> she's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I'm not here for it. Well, I get it. Um, so that is how I feel about Roseanne. All right. Um, based on um, a recommendation from Entertainment Weekly, which, um, first of all, I, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm going to brag real good. So <laughs> hang on. Um, Entertainment Weekly liked one of our Instagram posts this week. It was crazy, everybody. Um, so that was kind of great. And you know how... And it was embarrassing how excited we were. No, that was the right <laughs> level of excitement some, and enthusiasm. Some social media intern <laughs> yes, whose job like, it is to just like scroll, whoever creaky. tags them. But. Thank you, lowly intern. You made two middle-aged ladies real happy. <laughs> and your job's more excited than mine. <laughs> so, uh, But anyway, so, you know, like in a movie, movie um where someone wants to kind of like um shorthand for um describing someone's life as like oh when i was a girl i used to sit and read my mom's cosmo magazine (laughs) and try on her pearls and that was me but with entertainment weekly so when i was a girl i used to sit and thumb through entertainment weekly so that was a big deal marath it was a huge deal um but anyway the back of the entertainment weekly is always the bullseye which i take very seriously that's the first (laughs) thing i read i flip to the very back and look at the bullseye so that's like the things that um if it's close to the middle of the bullseye it was good and if it's on the outer parts of the bullseye it was not so good so in the center of the bullseye was, was it? season two of the imposters okay i really this one has not been on my radar my not neither. been on my bullseye um, but you know <laughs> nothing lights a fire under me to get cracking on season one like a season two that has promise and buzz and excitement so yeah. i started it um it is really good it's about um a team of grifters who con people big scale cons um so like um this beautiful young woman will con uh, a gentleman into falling in love with her and getting married very quickly and then clean them out of all their money and Whoa. go on to the next one scandalous yes and this is like her vocation and there's a team that they'll work together so this guy gets totally taken for all his money and he's heartbroken and then another guy comes along and it turns out the same thing happened to them so now they've teamed up together and they're gonna fight her Um, and it's delightful and wonderful and i like it a lot what network is it on i think it's on bravo but it's available you can watch season one on netflix and it's starting again on bravo this week i did not know bravo had had original program or Mm -hmm. no yeah, scripted. Other than reality TV. I think it's Bravo. Don't quote me on that. But season one is definitely available on Netflix. Okay. And it has this guy on it who was on Suburgatory. Did you watch that? I did. A little bit. So do you remember Steve, like the dumb jock that she ends up getting together with? Yeah. He's on it. Oh, okay. He's one of the spurned lovers or the conned guys. Um, so I'm really digging it. Um, I also started a terrifying documentary called <laughs> Wild Wild Country that oh, everybody gosh. is all a Twitter about. It's about a little cult that started out in India and then moved to Oregon. Okay. And it is effing crazy, Meredith. It's just crazy. Um, But I can't look away. (laughs) I'm going to have to look away, I think. It's not one to watch before Betty buys, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) And yeah, it's interesting. And then also I started, speaking of documentaries, I started a mockumentary called American Vandal. Okay. Do you know this one? No, I don't. You're just like opening my world to all these things. You know, I like to watch the first episode of a lot of things. (laughs) So 
Um, it's a, kind of like a mockumentary in the style of Serial. Did you listen to yeah. Serial? Okay, so it's Serial, but uh-huh. it's a documentary, mockumentary. And it's about uh, this mystery of um, a high school where the cars in the staff po- or the faculty parking lot were all spray painted with giant penises. Oh, great. <laughs> real family fair. Um, so it's about the quest to figure out who did the dicks. Um, which is kind of like the tagline for the movie. But the reason I wanted to get on board with it is um, someone who had something to do with it is coming to ATX Fest. Um, yeah. And you know who else is coming to ATX Fest? I do. I just heard. Say it, Meredith. Felicity reunion. I, the, uh, nothing has made me happier in a long time than the Felicity reunion coming to my town. It's pretty exciting. It is. If you want a discount ticket, reach out because... <laughs> <laughs> I got a ticket and I'm going to be fleeing the country. So, um, yeah, I looked up and most of the cast is going to be there except for um, Noel, who's played by Scott Foley, who's on Scandal. Mm, that's a bummer. And I just like, is he just thinking he's too good for it or if he really can't come? I just need them to tell me. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Please submit your excuses <laughs> in writing to mytvfamilypod at gmail.com. I'm not going to jump to any conclusions, but I really want to know. Um, do you follow him on social media? Maybe I, he'll give like a <laughs> or maybe they'll phone him in. Yeah. Which is what they did um, for Battlestar Galactica. One of the main guys couldn't, um, Jamie Bamber, couldn't come in, so they Skyped him in, which was so crazy. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning his time. And yeah, but you tell he cared about it. So. Yeah. Scott Foley. Just the other Scott, what's his nuts? Speedman. Yeah, he's going to be there. I know, and he's landed on Grey's Anatomy. I so. mean... He's a love interest for Meredith Grey, potentially. He's on a Shondaland show. You're not so great. (laughs) Just kidding. Maybe... You're super great. We love you. You're so cute. (laughs) Yeah, maybe you're sick. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, God. No, I feel so bad. (laughs) Get better. Uh, Feel better real soon, Scott Foley. Um, All right. Is that all you watched? (laughs) What are we talking about? (laughs) Um, I just also wanted to mention that 30-something is going to be at ATX Fest, and Mm -hmm. it is ripping my heart out of my body to be missing it. And almost, like, really and truly, the whole cast is going to be there. Well, I'll just FaceTime you. (gasps) That would be amazing. That's, like, a legitimate plan. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, that's all I'm watching. And I also just um, heard recently that Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Jane the Virgin were both renewed for next seasons. Whoa. So it must be renewal season, and I'm feeling real excited about it. Yeah. So that's that. Those are all of the first episodes of shows that I watched. That's great. I love it. Stay tuned. You've introduced me to some new things. (laughs) Okay. So that's what we're watching. Again, share with us what you're watching out there in listener land. And next up, we have our viewer fantasy family for this episode. And again, we're always looking for a new one, so do send them our way. Uh, Meredith, tell us about our next listener fantasy family, would you? Okay, so this fantasy family comes to us um, from right here in Austin, Texas, and it's Liza Marie Felici. Um, she um, has, as a dad, Jack Pearson from This Is Us. And heard I have, of it. You've heard of it. You have strong feelings about it. I haven't gotten around to watch it, but I can understand why people like Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have just like a a rollover love from Jess. Team Jess. <laughs> Team Jess. So right. um, I can see why they like Jack, but I'm going to get into it, and I support that decision. All right. Um, and as a mom, she chose Claire Dunphy from Modern Family. Long-suffering Claire Dunphy. <laughs> this is a great pick. 
always trying to control everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's weird. What that must be like. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, but just she's a hard worker. That I lady. I do love Claire. I do. I love her too. Her heart's in the right in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> Bless her little heart. <laughs> Um, and this is why we, one of the reasons why we love fantasy families and you, the listener participation, cause we learn new things. Um, Liza chose a daughter. Um, her name's Darby from Just Add Magic. And what? Ne- neither of us had heard of that show before. No, it apparently is available on Amazon. Amazon. So it's an Amazon show. It's based on a novel. Hmm. Um, I might have to investigate that. I'm good for one episode. Yeah, named <laughs> Just Add Magic. It seems like a Charmed for kids. You had me a Charmed. I'm just kidding. It does seem like there's <laughs> magic involved. We are excited to check that out. Cool. Um, so Darby from Just Add Magic. Awesome. Um, as a son, is she chose Dustin from Stranger Things. So good. Really good choice. Even though I haven't seen all of Stranger Things, I know that <laughs> Dustin is a quality choice. <laughs> Slowly but surely. <laughs> Um, and the next three categories really just, um, shine here because mm-hmm. I love them. As best friends, she has chosen Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. Who is the best best friend. Honestly, you cannot find a better best friend than <laughs> Leslie Nope. True. But here's a close second, Tim Gunn from Project Runway. This fills my heart with such gladness, <laughs> Meredith. I just, I love this extra category. I love that she went to reality programming. Mm-hmm. And most of all, I love Tim Gunn with yeah. all my heart. Tim Gunn is so supportive and just wants people to succeed. And I can just imagine him being a great best friend. And he's so Natalie dressed all the time. Yeah. Mm. That's could, amazing. He would definitely need to help me with that. Um, and as neighbors, another great choice. She chose Kimmy Schmidt and Titus Adramadon from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Unbreakable. <laughs> those those would be the best neighbors. I love that show. I Very like that funny. they're a package deal. Yeah. <laughs> they do live with each other. Um, so awesome pick. And then as boyfriends, <laughs> which is another great choice, she has chosen Seth Cohen from the OC. Nice. Who I've already shared my love about. Mm-hmm. Jordan Catalano from My So-Called Life. Wow. Which I think Robin would definitely agree with. 100%. Um, and Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. This is, uh, first of all, a spectacular list. Yes. I love that she was like, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about families, but let me tell you who I want to make out with. <laughs> um. I want three boyfriends, and here they are. <laughs> um, and Seth Cohen to Jordan Catalano, I mean... One is like a little nerd cutie. Yeah. Jordan Catalano couldn't read, I think. A bad boy. <laughs> and then Steve Harrington, which I'm sure you've seen the memes of him. He looks kind of like John Ralphio. Yeah. His um, hair. Ugh. This is a really, really good little threesome here. It is. Um, so Liza Marie Felici from Austin, Texas. Thank you so much for this list. And thank you for the added categories. They brightened my day. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Um, okay, let's get to our topic. So we, as we mentioned, we're going to talk about grandparents we are. on TV. Great. Sounds awesome. Um, once again, our lovely listeners sent in some of their favorites. Yeah. You want to get started? Yeah, let's get started. So one of the, one of the things that someone has selected was the Bravermans. From Parenthood. Yeah, from Parenthood. And as you know, Zeke Braverman made my fantasy family. Um, and the reason as a, f- grandf- as a grandfather, yeah, as a nice. grandfather, yeah. I guess on the show, he's a dad and a grandfather. 
Um, but as a grandfather, he made my list because they just seem to have a personal relationship with each one of their grandkids. That's they, a nice sentiment. Yeah, it's really great to watch. Um, and, you know, so they know when to give tough love. Oh. They kn- but most of all, they're just really supportive and try and create this relationship with each one of them. I like that. And, and he's not, he's um, what you would call flawed, is that right? Yeah, okay. yeah, definitely flawed. Um, but there was one of my favorite things is they, one of the couples adopted a son mm-hmm. when he was like eight or nine. And his name was Victor, and he had a hard time with reading at school. And he was going to have to be held back, and they were just, like, dealing with that. And Zeke took him, and they learned how to read while working on cars. He, like, helped him practice reading the manual and stuff like that. Zeke Braverman. Yeah, teaching him how to read while doing this other thing that the child, Victor, was really into. It's a sweet moment. Wow. That's, like, why everybody was always crying during that show. Oh, there's so many reasons why everyone was crying during that show, but it was a... I need to get back on that parenthood train. Yeah, I think if you just devoted a little bit of time to it, <laughs> you would really love it. I do. Do you remember the movie Parenthood with Steve Martin and um, Mary Steenburgen and Rick Moranis? No, but oh great cast. You, okay, we're going to stop recording <laughs> right now while Meredith goes and watches Parenthood. I know that. It I had River know. Phoenix... No, not River Phoenix. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, back when his name was Leaf Phoenix. Whoa. It had Keanu Reeves. It has Martha Plimpton. It is such a good movie. It has, um, oh gosh, what is her name? She's like an amazing um, Broadway actress. Anyway, it has so many good... Bernadette? No. Um, it'll come to me. I can picture her. Oh, it's okay. Anyway, um, you should definitely, definitely, definitely watch it. It's so, so good. I assume that this... That Parenthood, the TV show, was somehow tangentially related to Parenthood, the movie. But, oh, it's one of the best. Anyway. I'm, I'm doing it. I know what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> okay, you... so. <laughs> anyway, uh, where were we? Who were we? What's happening? <laughs> another uh, another listener choice was Grams from The Creek. Oh, we... Who Meredith referred to as a stone-cold fox last week. I think, <laughs> I think it was a babe, but um, <laughs> I call it like I see it. <laughs> We know her, we love her. We've discussed her ad nauseum, but Grams from the Creek is a perennial favorite. Um, And then someone has chosen Dowager Countess from Downton Abbey. The best. She's the queen of the one-liner. Oh, yeah. She is. And she's clever. She's witty. She's steeped in tradition, just like all about tradition. Yeah. If you don't have your traditions, what do you have? Um, Nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think someone has made a Twitter account for Dowager Countess. Don't hold me to that, but I'm pretty sure that people have just taken off with her one-liners. Yes. Um, she's, But she's still a fierce supporter of her granddaughters. Yeah. Like, she can call them out, but she's still there to be a grandma. That's like. true. She does, yeah, she, um, as much as she clings to the tradition of like, well, how can, we can, we must always have four butlers and three footmen. <laughs> And what do you mean you want to get rid of one of the footmen? Yeah. Um, she is um, kind of evolving with the times. I also loved her relationship with Cousin Isabel. Yeah. Um, they seem to have a very interesting back and forth. Yeah. That was a uh, definitely a one-liner generator for her. <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, whenever you thought, like, oh, she's going to just, like, double down on the tradition, like, there would be moments of growth and she'd kind of depart from that in some ways and, and be a, 
supportive mom or grand grandma. So plus Maggie Smith is just yeah. I mean her delivery is bone Perfect. dry and wonderful. We love you, Maggie. I'm sorry, Dame Maggie Smith. Mags, <laughs> as I call her. M-Dog. Um, okay, so next we have Lucille Bluth. This is kind of from one extreme to the other. Um, Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development came up from one of our listers. That's, uh, she is kind of also a deliverer, deliverer of one-liners, yeah, but they're in a different stratosphere. Um yeah, so she's hilarious and filthy and not what I would call incredibly interested in being a grandmother. Oh, no. Do you think she knows she is a grandma? <laughs> I don't know that she would publicly admit it for sure. Um, we got another uh, shout out for the Walton's grandparents. Um, I looked up to double check. Their names are Zebulon and Esther. Okay. Ze- old Zeb and Esther. Zeb and Esther. I like to call them Zebster. You know, <laughs> you know the Zebster. <laughs> Back when couple names were a thing on the Waltons. Um, I think the, it originated on the Waltons. I think that's right. <laughs> Old zesty Zebsters. Um, a couple of people mentioned the Cosby grandparents. I know that we always hesitate when we talk about the Cosby show just because of the, the troubles. Um, but they were really great grandparents. Yeah. Um, and then um, we got a last minute shout out for Marie and Frank Barone from your top favorite show. <laughs> it's a little program called Everybody Loves Raymond. Not, turns out not everyone loves Raymond. Not everybody loves Raymond, but there is a lot of love out there for Marie and Frank Barone. Yeah, I have seen a lot of love out there for them. I always welcome a listener suggestion. I just might not always agree with that. But. Keep listening, people. <laughs> Diane Weist is the actress I was grasping for earlier. Oh, all right. Most importantly. It came to you. <laughs> um, so, Meredith, why do you love a good grandparent on a television show? Oh, good question. <laughs> um, well, there, I think there are a lot of, a lot of um, great things that grandparents bring to the TV show. Most of the time, I feel like the ones I thought of were a lot of one-liner grandparents, right? <laughs> they just roll up into the room at the end of the scene and like <laughs> crush everybody with an amazing one-liner and yeah. then drop the mic. They can get away with saying a lot more. They're often just a secondary role. That's uh, interesting. I think the getting away with part is something we can come back to. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, in shows like Parenthood or Modern Family, you do get this multi-generational mm-hmm. view. So it is interesting to see kind of the grandparents and how that has evolved from the parents to the grandchildren and mm-hmm. perspective yes. of the grandparents. I like I like that. I like that too. I like the the evolution of like kind of two parts of that. So like the parenting and how that's changed oh, and yeah. kind of seeing um I think you see that on Blackish a lot with yeah. Dre and Pops, just the evolution of parenting. Yes. And kind of judging past um parenting behaviors through current um knowledge and parenting practices and what the books say and what your parenting forums online say yeah and pops is not having any of it he's like <laughs> i used to hit you in the head with a shoe and look how good you turned out you know um he's not trying to have revisionist history um and analysis of his parenting behaviors but the other thing i like is your parents knew you win right so they're not going to fall for your baloney of like i Actually, like I'm super fancy in culture. They're like, you 
ate glue and boogers for the first five <laughs> years of your life. Shut up, you know? Um, so I like that they kind of bring that um, knowing the real you perspective yeah, <laughs> to for sure. the proceedings. Um, do you want to talk about some of our favorite grandmas and grandpas? <laughs> grandmas, grandpas, bubbies, <laughs> meemaws, papals, <laughs> pop-pops. <laughs> Um, did you have special names for your grandparents? Um, actually, Meredith. Um, so my paternal grandparents were um, grandmom and granddad, um, but my maternal grandmother was Muzz. Muzz, I love <laughs> it. Two Z's, <laughs> the traditional spelling. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Muzz was the best, and <laughs> I think she. It's one of those where she just dug her heels in, and she had like a beloved aunt or something who was called Muzz, and she Muzz. was like, "You will call me Muzz." And we were like, <laughs> "Ma'am, yes, ma'am. Muzz, yes, Muzz." Um, that is so great. And how about you? What what crazy names did you call your grandparents? Uh, we went with Grandma and Grandpa. What? How do you even spell that? That's nuts. Is that foreign? Yeah. Um, yeah. It now, was, how do you tell the grandma from grandma and grandpa from grandpa? We used Grandma and Grandpa and their last name. I think in addressing them, we just called them Grandma and Grandpa. But when talking about them, we used our Grandma. From my mom's side, grandma, last name from my dad's side. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is some innovative stuff. Mary. I know. It's really evolved for my kids. They call their grandparents grandma and grandpa, but they use their first name. Oh, Lordy. I know. We're just I, getting. I hope you have a, a notebook or something to keep we're track of this. We're getting crazy up in here. Dot journal something. <laughs> um, yeah, we're not super cutesy. It works for us. Um, I love it. I love hearing what people call their grandparents. So it's like a, oh, yeah. a funny little thing. It gets anyway. it gets creative. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so can I tell you about one of my favorite ones? Please do. I don't know if you know this, Meredith, but I'm kind of into this TV show called One Day at a Time. <laughs> it is my life. <laughs> I love it so much. And Lydia, as portrayed by the one, the only, Rita Moreno, yeah, um, is just wonderful. Um, and I think she... Um, she plays a grandmother that um, I think you see from time to time, which is um, somebody who can get away with bloody murder because they're old. Okay. Older, pardon me. <laughs> um, so <laughs> she gets away with a lot um, and she can ask questions that I think that maybe the writers want to address. Yeah. So there are things that they're like, hey, audience, like there's going to be a trans character coming on this this episode or hey, audience, there's someone who's gender fluid coming on to this episode. And like perhaps if they were worried that the audience might have a question or that the viewers might not be clear about something, they let um, Lydia ask the question. Oh, like, okay. Oh, like, what do you mean they don't go by he or she? They go by they or they don't go by he or she or they. They go by Z and like something that could be kind of a confusion for um, a viewer or two. Um, old Rita Moreno's like, hey, what are you talking about? What the <laughs> hell is that all about? This is crazy. So they kind of let her address questions that maybe they want to um, flush out a little bit. Interesting. Yeah. And plus she's she dances all the time. It's well, so, of course she does. They pl- oh, There are so many scenes that just start with her um, throwing open a curtain and entering a room and just dancing. It's so good. Mm. Um, and they're totally pandering to the audience who's obsessed with her dancing. And yeah. I, I don't care. <laughs> I think she's known for it. If liking <laughs> being pandered to is wrong. <laughs> you know I don't want to be right, Meredith. Don't be right, Robin. <laughs> don't be right. 
Right. Um, how about you? Do you want to talk about a fave? Other than, uh, do you want to talk about when you're going to watch one day at a <laughs> time? Or no, I. Hey, you keep throwing out new shows at me. Well, first order of business is the movie Parenthood. <laughs> Second order of business is One Day at a Time. Third okay. order of business is that cult show. Oh, oh, <laughs> no, no. Okay, that might not be for you. I think we both have love for Alba from Jane the Virgin. We've so talked good. about her before. I think maybe she made your fantasy family. She is did make correct? my fantasy family. And just a side note, she was on One Day at a Time. Um. Oh, oh yeah. yeah I think you told me that. Uh, she's the rock of that family. She, she just is. holds everyone together when Jane and Zoe are fighting. Like They both are talking <laughs> to Alba and getting advice. Yes. And she just holds everyone together. That's true. She's really compassionate. You know, there's, um, I really love that she loves telenovelas because she's yes. super religious, right? Like, I would say that's a fair assessment. <laughs> that she's super religious? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but if she had a second religion, it would be telenovelas. Yeah, and they don't seem to go hand in hand with no. each other. And so I love the contrast of her being just like by the book yep. when it comes to religion, but also loving telenovelas and all the drama that goes um, with that. And I feel like that's... Like, part of my life where you, like, watch drama on TV because our life's really not that dramatic. What? <laughs> I am not working at the White House. Madam Secretary. Yeah. But, like, that's where we get our fill and our, our excitement. Oh, we do not get our jollies. Speaking of getting your jollies, <laughs> you, you know what I loved on Jane the Virgin recently? And I think we've talked about this before, but the evolution of those characters. I think we were talking about it specifically as it relates to Rogelio, but I think it's all of them. Mm-hmm. And one of my clearest memories of the beginning of Jane the Virgin is her crushing that flower and telling yeah. Jane that was her virginity. Yes. <laughs> and they they keep you know they've come back to that again and again and again and what like a pivotal moment that was for Jane and um, what that says about Alba. But I think that she has evolved since then. Yeah. And I liked her. Spring awakening, for lack of a better term, <laughs> that that's that brings us back to getting your jollies. But like <laughs> Alva, kind of rediscovered that it was okay for her to have a body and be physical and have sexuality. And um, Ooh, I know, Alba. I mean, if you're gonna evolve, that's the arena to do it in. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, but I just I love all of those characters and how much they've grown. And if you ever watch old seasons, yeah, it really. I don't know if it's that the actors have been growing up along with it, but mm-hmm. it, you can really see that they've um, grown and evolved and the characters have grown and evolved. And I just love it. Yeah. And Alba is a great grandma on there. Um, I will just say, could we never use the word jollies ever again? <laughs> Meredith, you know that asking me not to say something is... <laughs> <laughs> jollies, jollies, jollies. <laughs> All right, moving on. From Jollies. I'm gonna think I'm gonna sing over the theme song. <laughs> Told me I couldn't do that either. <laughs> anyway. What else? What else do we have? <laughs> so I know we talked a little bit about Blackish. Um yeah. I love Pops from Blackish so yeah. much. And I think he's like the perfect example of like Dre, you know, Dre's like, I'm a big shot now, and he's like, No, you're not, you yeah. know, <laughs> like it's somebody who knew you and can knock you down a peg. Um, I think that it's also realistic how, again, they judge like parenting from the 
past with, through today's parenting lens, yeah. um, which is interesting to see. And I think that is how it happens in real life, too. I don't know about your family, but, you know, you tell your kids, like, you'll never believe, like, grandma and grandpa used to let me, like, walk to school all by myself. <laughs> or, you know, grandma and grandpa used to make me blah, 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 blah. Um, and I think, you know, Blackish definitely showcases that. Yeah. Um, I think Pops provides some history lessons that they try and tackle mm-hmm. on the show, right? They, um, especially when it comes to civil rights and sharing kind of his experience, experience fighting for civil rights mm-hmm. and then what they're doing now and give some historical perspective. I think yeah. that's important. Especially when the kids are like, we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, it's all cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like showing them like what, what they fought for at the time and how it relates to what they're fighting for now. Mm-hmm. That relates to the Cosbys, too. I know we've talked about the Cosbys <laughs> quite a bit, but um, the grandparents there. Yeah, also, Russell. Yeah, Hus- old, old Russell Huxtable. Mm-hmm. They, the grandparents talk to the kids a lot about their um, being civil rights activists, and it was a nice way to bring that conversation in even, I mean, when was that show on? Like, it feels like 100 years ago. Yeah. Um, that they were trying to, like, teach the kids, like, no, this is important, and this is why this is important, and the grandparent roles are able to come in and tell those stories and um, impart upon the children, like, the things that they did that they might not... It's taking something that seems like history and making it personal. Yeah. For sure. I think they... That's my deep thought for the day. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on to something that's uh, not deep, right? <laughs> I know you wanted to talk about uh, Ruby, too. Yeah. Well, it doesn't... It still <laughs> is pretty heavy. Um, <laughs> on a lighter note. You know, she does the stereotypical mother-in-law really well, like the trope of a mother-in-law where she just, like, kind of nags on Rainbow, uh, right? Yeah. And just is always saying she can't cook or questioning her yeah. the way she mothers. She's or, not good enough. Yeah, and... I do think that some of her comments about her cooking are kind of funny. Oh, definitely funny. (laughs) Um, That's just kind of a role she plays. But there was that episode, I've talked about it before, when they covered um, postpartum depression after Rainbow had her fifth baby, or the most recent baby. And Ruby was being just overly critical and, like, trying to trying to come in and rainbow just loses it it is just like a really amazing gut-wrenching scene um there's like no music right like it's really emotional and she just says like you criticize me for my parenting my cooking my clothes you make fun of me and i let you do this in my home and i just let it like roll off my back and i put up with it but she said like not anymore i can't handle this and Ruby's like, you're overreacting, you're being crazy, and Rainbow just looks at her and is like, I'm not, and it is, like, when she says she's not, and then she kicks her out of her house, spoiler oh. alert, um, man. That's hardcore. That is, uh, just was like a really intense scene, um, was really proud of Rainbow for standing up for herself, I know she's not a real person, um. <laughs> But yeah, it, it takes just a lot like to kick somebody out of your house. Yeah, even and, if they are being wretched to you. Um, it's just like a a role she plays as a grandmother in their house. You know, they both the parents live live there, right? Do they live there? I know Pops does full time. Ruby it, seems like she, I mean, I'm not caught up to current season. Yeah, I can't. But it, she seemed to like pop in and out. There was one where they like got back together. Oh yeah, that's and everybody right. was like. 
you know, the kid, the grandkids were like so excited. And yeah. The actual kids were like, no, 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 like, don't get excited. <laughs> this is all going to end in heartache and sorrow and tears and bloodshed. Yeah. Anyway, but that's just like, it was Ruby, a, we don't know where you live, but. <laughs> it was a pivotal moment, I think, in, in their relationship. So. so did she, so what happened? I think they worked it out and <sighs> Ruby apologized, which is huge. Um, and they, they moved on. Wow. Lesson learned. Throw yeah. people out of your house. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out. Um, all right. So let's keep moving on. Richard Gilmore comes up a lot when we talk about favorite grandparents. R.I.P. I uh, love him. Yeah. We know that he w- kind of was a troubled father for Lorelai, right? Like they had a... Yeah. Not a, always a great relationship. Not a great relationship. I do wonder, again, just a slight note to know to say that we understand and know that these are not real people but <laughs> do you think that there's like any creed like would you think that emily was the driver be- between the driver behind the issues with rory um with or Ro- not with rory with, with lorelei yeah it seems like that it seems like like I'm picturing, Rick, I'm picturing Richard just sitting on the the couch reading his newspaper and like the stock report while Emily's like, and this young lady got pregnant and we told her and then yeah, him just being like yes dear whatever you say. It seems like that, and Emily brings that up I think several times in the throughout the show, especially like when Rory's having a hard time, she's like, you get to be the good guy all the time, and I'm Ooh. I'm you know this person. She's like, you have to make it work, but. He and Rory do have a great relationship. I know they it starts... Do. They really bonded over books. Yes. Um, I remember the first... Like, when the very first season, she went golfing at the club with him. <laughs> and um, they bonded over her wanting to travel and that he's traveled. And he becomes... They become really good friends. And I think that, that bond keeps the whole thing going. Yes. R- Rory and Richard keep everyone still together. That's a good point. Um, because, like, I know Rory and Emily have their hard times. Yeah. Um, and when, I just thought about this, when they go to Yale just to visit, and um, Richard plans for Rory to have this, like, interview with one of the admissions officers and doesn't yeah. tell Rory, and she is just, like, so heartbroken and is like, I would have done this because of you, like, for you, but you could have told me, and... yeah. That just, like, says a lot about their relationship. Interesting. I do feel like, uh, em- I mean, I love Emily. Do not get me wrong. But she definitely did not learn the full lesson after Lorelai about, like, trying to shove someone into this box that you have yeah. designed for, like, what the perfect daughter looks like. She learned some of her lessons. Yeah. But she still was trying to make Rory be this certain kind of person. Yeah. And she was thrilled and... Rory moved in with them, right? Yes. And she was doing the, the DAR stuff. And, <laughs> yes. But one of my favorite moments of Emily is when she is telling off um, the mom Huntsberger. Oh, yeah. After after they find out that Mitch um, kind of ruined, messed with Rory and her job and all that Mitch stuff. Huntsberger. That she just tells off the, um, I forget the mom's name. Old lady Huntsberger. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, the retelling of it later, and they're laughing about it. It's, <laughs> that's really good. That's a... Uh, you get a high five for that. 
Okay, let's get moving on our list here. Um, All right. Well, I know that this this show slash person is persona non grata, but um, the old school Roseanne, one of my favorite uh, grandmothers, is Grandma Bev. Okay. Who is Roseanne and Jackie's mom. And, like, you want to talk about critical. Like, she just, that's her full-time job. It's criticizing and you're doing it wrong and you're wearing it wrong and it's wrong and you're feeding me wrong and wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> like, she's just so nitpicky and terrible. But um, the reason I bring her up is because she is um, the center of one of my favorite lines. She's not even in the scene, but Roseanne and Jackie are talking about her. Oh, okay. And they're talking about... Um, I can't remember. I think it's like revolving around Becky wanting to get birth control or something like that. But it's about like the birds and the bees talk and like how did you have the birds and the bees talk with your kid? And like there's talking about, well, you remember what mom told us? Yeah. <laughs> I think she gave them a, a pamphlet and said, um, now, girls, if you have any questions, you can go to the school nurse. <laughs> Which just continues to be one of my favorite scenes of all time. And I think that is something that is, there's something so funny about um, the stories that you tell that only your siblings understand. Yeah. Of like, remember that time when mom <laughs> said, like, if we had questions about sex, we should ask the school nurse. Well, I'm going to use that. Ask yeah. the school nurse anyway. for a lot of things. <laughs> That's a tip. Can you, help me with, can you help me with my math homework? Ask the school nurse. <laughs> I mean, this is a TV <laughs> podcast, but we also do give parenting tips so <laughs> that's a freebie um so yeah that's old grandma bev and then i also wanted to mention uh grandma Huang from fresh off the boat okay she is wonderful i do love and we've talked about this before but i love that they kept her speaking mandarin oh yeah and then they let the kids and the grandkids like um pipe in with mandarin as well and i just think it keeps something it it's a nice feature of the show and i hope they never go away from that um, but I love that she's not treated as kind of this. So, you know, we were talking about the grandparents who come in and deliver the one liners and like, yeah. and scene. Mm-hmm. It's not, she's not treated as this like woman who rolls up in her wheelchair at the end of the scene to deliver some wisdom from, <laughs> you know, like Aesop's fables or something, you know, and the moral of the story is like, she's smart and she has experience and from time to time they let her play that role yeah but she's also naughty like she'll like sneak away in her wheelchair and go like play cards with her new boyfriend like she's just um she's not what you would think of as like a stereotypical um mandarin speaking wheelchair bound older woman like she's got a life don't worry about her i like that (laughs) so grandma huang we love you and then I also um, wanted to talk about Grandma Saracen from Friday Night Lights. Aww, Grandma Saracen. That was one of the... I mean, I know we talk about Friday Night Lights all the damn time, but um, it's one of the most realistic portrayals of a marriage you've ever seen. And I think that um, the relationship between Matt and his grandmother is one of the most realistic grandchild-grandparent um, oh, portrayals I've yeah. ever seen. It is tough. I mean, weeping and weeping. Um, but the, there were just so many interactions that felt so real and true to life. And like, I mean, literally conversations that I had with my own grandmother featured like on Friday Night Lights. <laughs> I was like, man, are they, they have a microphone in her retirement home. How are they picking this up? Um, but I really, really loved their relationship and it was so special. And I know like it started out as her taking care of him yeah. when his parents couldn't and then it was really him taking care of her and oh that was the heartbreaking part when he had to get just a little misty eyed right now just yeah. talking about it when he had to feel just 
the heaviness of taking care of someone who used to take care of you. Oh, my that's, God. That's tough. And that, you know, changed a lot of what he, a lot of the choices that he could make because he was taking care of his grandma. It's real sad, Meredith. He was a good grandson. He was a good grandson. And that made me love him all the more. Yeah. Even though he deflowered Julie. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. <laughs> what else is on your list? Um, okay, I think lastly, I want to talk about the Queen Mom from the Queen. Is it Queen Mom? Queen Mother? Mother, I think. Queen Ma? Old, uh, <laughs> old Mima. Queen Mima, I think. Um, from the Crown. I think this is an interesting one um, because, well, you don't really see her as a grandmother that often, um, but. Right. The exchanges between her and the Queen are interesting once. Elizabeth becomes the queen Mm -hmm. because she now has this like power dynamic, right? Like she is the queen. She makes all the choices, but now the queen mother doesn't, she's like the matriarch of the family, but doesn't have any power. Right. So that's the pits. Yeah. The show really being the queen does not seem. (laughs) It's hard. It's rough out there. (laughs) It's hard out there for a pimp. If you know what I mean? All that it's cracked up to be. Yeah. (laughs) It's lonely at the top. So to watch those roles kind of reverse or change. um, And you see, like, this is another one where the Queen Mother was really into tradition and how things were. And this is how things were when my husband was king. (laughs) And things kind of change um, with Queen Elizabeth. She makes a lot of changes, right? Like, um, so I like I like the dynamic there with the the Queen Ma, um, for that reason, because she's she now has to take a back seat a little bit to the queen. That's gotta be a real kick in the rear end if you know <laughs> in what the mean. jewels, <laughs> <laughs> the crown jewels, um, and scene. <laughs> All right, thank you for joining us <laughs> on our classy podcast. Next time, we're going to be talking about something I'm very excited about, yes. and it's um, found families, but teen found families. So It's finally my chance to talk about Saved by the Mail. <laughs> all, those, all those high school shows that we are itching to talk about. Um, so hit us up on social media about Tell your... Us how much you love my so-called life. <laughs> about your favorite teen found families. We know Liza likes um, my, so-called, my so-called life. So we appreciate... Me too. My DMs are open. <laughs> we appreciate her queuing us up for that next week. And if you want to have your fantasy family read on our podcast, send, us, uh, send it to us at mytvfamilypod at gmail and follow along on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I dare you to beat Tim Gunn in your fantasy family. <laughs> oh, challenge. Double dog dare. <laughs> hey, be sure to rate us and review us on iTunes. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.